Mr. Mr. We gotta record right now. Yeah, man. I mean, we always miss gold. We always press record like ten minutes into us talking, and then then we miss all the funny stuff, and we record all the stupid shit about music. <laughs> well, I just wanted to I just wanted to know how you're carving that fucking foam, dude. Dude, I'm noshing on the gnar out here. You don't even know. <laughs> have you Have you gone surfing at all since you've been there? <clears throat> no. No, I mean surfboards are really expensive. There, dude, uh, I got one given to me when I moved here. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and no, I, I haven't gone. Mostly because my apartment's so small, I literally can't put it anywhere. So it's at my friend's house, and uh, I need and you need to buy a wetsuit. And I'm. <laughs> you don't gotta buy a wetsuit. Well, if the water's sixty degrees and you're fucking, you know, you get sucked under by the, by the, the drift tide or whatever they call. It. I don't know. I don't know the that's, terms. That, that's what that that baby blubber is for, man. I lost it all, brother. I ain't got no blubber, brother. <laughs> so that's. Uh, you you hate to hear that from your friends. I know. I'm that bl- they I'm, lost their blubber. I'm blubberless. I'm rudderless. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you, like, I, I kind of wish I had a crazy metabolism where I could just, like, lose all my weight when it gets hot and I could just gain it all back when it gets cold. <laughs> that you would know? be nice. Like a like a polar bear? Yeah, like a polar. Like, I just eat and eat and eat and go into hibernation for the entirety of winter. Uh, and then I come out and I'm just, like, toned. Tone, tone is a bone. <laughs> Man, I uh, I have the weird body type that it's like really really easy for me to gain weight, and it's almost just as easy to lose weight. And I, <clears throat> it's it's a double edged sword, man. Because if I go off the rails for like a week, I'll gain five pounds easily if I just like eat however the fuck I want to. But then I eat, I eat really well for the next two weeks, and I lose those five pounds. It's it's it it's. <sighs> You you got high risk high reward over there. Yeah, it's like I I'll have heart disease and then the next day I'll be like, you know, your heart is uh, like that of a of a champion horse. <laughs> I saw the, the BoJack Horseman poster behind you. Yeah, <laughs> I am I'm recording in my roommate's room, the other roommate. Uh, big BoJack Horseman fan, big my chem. Uh, big wolf fan apparently big wolf fan he's yes, really into wolves the wall is plastered with wolves uh wolf tails uh it, wolf shirts all over the place now is this your friend who also does um the furry artwork yes it is at lesbian wolf 666 on twitter <laughs> who does the artwork and has a patreon lesbian wolf <laughs> is uh, i w- i want that to be a band right now <laughs> can y'all make a band together hey, i mean we've been we've been working on it man we'll we'll get it out as soon as we can y- y'all have been working on it right didn't you guys want to start a band uh yeah we got like we got about four or five songs and uh like lily just wasn't really feeling it you know does she sing uh yeah uh it was the singer and uh it was just like the things that she had wrote about were like far too raw to kind of deal with because it had just happened oh, while man. we were recording. Yeah, you know? yeah, so yeah. It was like it was like actually like emotionally like mentally harming. So we we put a stop to it. Fuck. 
Dude, I've... You know, it sucks because other than my singer-songwriter stuff, uh, which I get really personal with that shit because I feel like it's just the place for it. But we've... Sure. You know, throughout this podcast and all these albums we've been listening to, like, you do hear these, like... You know, assuming that the singer is the one writing the lyrics, you're just like, man, they're really putting their shit out there uh, for the world to hear. You know, like, some crazy stuff that you went through, like the Kitty album that, like, mentioned, like, this pedophile... Yeah, guy that she right. dated and then and, uh, I listen to y'all's I listen to y'all's uh when y'all listen to corn oh, and man. and those had some pretty personal lyrics really heavy shit and it's and I've never it's a it's a regret that I'll have for probably the rest of my life that I didn't get more personal with the lyrics in Mortalis there was a bit of a like I felt like a bit of a disconnection in in terms of like I felt safe singing these lyrics because they didn't necessarily pertain to me personally. Right. And I mean when when it's not as personal, you can get a little more abstract with it like you did. Right. Right. And Where so I know it what gives I'm you a little about. more freedom. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I know what it's to me, I know what it means, you know, and sometimes it it is very personal, but I I yeah, I I would write in a very abstract way. Um, to where I, I didn't feel like I was um, exposing or like putting myself in a vulnerable, being too vulnerable, right. you know. Yeah. Um, but I, goddamn. <laughs> you know, I've been I've been trying to do the opposite. I've I've never written any music that wasn't like extremely personal and really? vulnerable. Really. Uh, and so luckily, no one has listened to it, so I don't have to worry too much about it. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm uh, glad I haven't heard any of it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm, it's not I'm what trying I'm here to get for. a little <laughs> Well, it was it, it when I was first starting uh like for a lot of stuff for uh burn band and all that, I would hide behind big words that no one really knew. You had a you know? thesaurus.com pulled up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I would just like just these really abstract concepts and and stuff and things but hidden behind like three metaphors or whatever just so that even if you do read the lyrics like you couldn't really figure out what it's about uh but to me it meant something yeah uh, and so i've i've been trying to get like more upfront about it more you know? more um blatant with the words that you choose yeah a little more blatant and a little more uh and also i've wanted to write some songs that aren't about you know myself but it's kind of tough. Like, I don't really know what else to focus on. I mean, you, know? you can I only really... write from your perspective, right? Yeah. And I, it, I don't want to, like, write a story about the Viking that went to Valhalla and slayed the big dragon. Oh, you know? man. What was, the, uh, what was the song we used to, the fake song we used to sing all the time oh, in practice? Does it draw with <laughs> space, space and time? <laughs> That's what I felt like I was writing in in the band was stuff like that. And I'm just like it's all imagery and uh, uh, symbolism and metaphors and all that stuff. I would say yeah. like in the in the bands that I've been in, the most personal I got uh, was in the ska band <laughs> in high school. Sure, because yeah. punk bands and ska bands they seem to to write a lot about like personal experience stuff, but it's always like high school shit. Doesn't doesn't matter how old the singer of Ruby Fish is, he's still going to write about like falling in love no. at a party. You know? Yeah. He's like, I'm, I went to go see real big fish in Dallas. They're playing to this sold out 
big old venue that's completely packed and they're like life sucks let's dance we hate everything and like you're the most successful ska band of all time like why don't you shut up for three seconds (laughs) they really are like the most successful of that generation of of ska bands i mean i'd i argue that they might be the most successful there aren't a lot of mainstream ska bands maybe the interrupters at this point they are getting big man um mighty mighty boss tones less real than big jake. fish less than jake yeah. they got pretty big they got pretty big i wouldn't say they were like so in the ska genre though they were very much punk with with horns yeah more than anything else but yeah man i i listened to some of that real big fish stuff and it sounds so uh like sophomoric and immature like you listen to old <laughs> blink and you're just like dude you're, y'all are 23 years old talking about like taking off your pants and jacking it i'm just it's just this like this really immature humor of the whole thing well they're blink 182 still writing about stuff like that the last album they had was still about like all the stuff they used to been writing is it's because these people get famous off this you know theme that they write about and they don't want to take a risk writing about something else and have it like not be a flop i guess like i don't know i don't know how the industry works maybe it's the record producers that are telling them that they can't write about anything else yeah i mean who knows like it i i, I guess it's like i saw a really cool video about afi the other day our guy finn mckenty my guy i don't know if he's your guy but he's my guy and he did a really great history of afi video that was like 25 minutes long and talked about how they started out as street punk, then became hardcore, then went into more of their goth stuff, and now they're doing like post-hardcore stuff. And um, it's it it that AFI is such a great example of a band that can like constantly continue changing and still somehow feel sincere and like canon with the stuff that they do, even though they're constantly changing the the mm. the type of music that they write and. Um, and I feel like, you know, my band in, in high school, my ska band, like, the I wrote songs about, like, leaving town for college and being scared. And hmm. uh, right. I wrote songs about, like, what's up with all this, like, punk rock gatekeeping? Why can't I wear whatever I want? Now I have to wear checkered shoes to, like, be considered punk rock? And, like, I legit had a song about that. Um, I mean, yeah. yeah and that was right. very personal to me at the time. Those were, like, frustrations I was dealing with at the time. So that's, like, the most personal I've gotten in... in Something that wasn't acoustic guitar, you know? Well, speaking of personal, uh, maybe we ought to get to this album uh, real quick. What's up, buds? Welcome to another episode of the Earbuds Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about very good albums as very good friends for a very good amount of time. Good minutes. Good minutes, good seconds, good hours. Potentially. Even. This is a long fucking record. Yeah, I sure is. <laughs> um, I am I am your uh one of your co hosts, Brett Wolf Moon Hanrahan. Uh joining with me as always is Lucas Dog Son hmm. Indrakovs. We're related but somehow different. Yeah, unless you want to take like cougar, cougar son, or like mm. tiger son. Call me, like, uh, you... call me, bear eclipse. Bear, bear eclipse Indrakov. That's my porn name. Uh, we are the odd couple of podcasts, and in the same breath, 
I'd like to say that we are the pod couple of podcasts. Let's just own it. Let's just own it. It's two sides of the same coin, but you know what? At the end, it's the same coin. So we might as well flip the whole thing. It's you know what I'm saying? different, but somehow related. Uh, today, we got with us a very uh, taxing album, I'd say. Dude, that is... <laughs> I almost... So, a little backstory. I almost... Uh, I asked you if we could pick a metal album for the next episode. Mm-hmm. Unprecedented. We've never requested such a thing from each other. We allow each other to have the creativity to pick whatever album we want. Um, but I really wanted to talk metal music, and I feel like you picked this as a giant fuck you to me. As yes. like, okay, you want to listen to metal? Take that, motherfucker. That's exactly what I did. You're right. Yeah. And I felt it on that last line of the last song of this record where they legit have <laughs> ice, uh, a clip of Ice Cube saying, take that, motherfuckers. And I was take like, that, that's how I felt. You, you suggesting <laughs> this record. I mean, it's it, it, just because I don't listen to a lot of metal. I I was kind of choosing between like maybe an early Metallica album or a System of a Down album. And then I remembered that uh, I've been listening to a lot of Slipknot lately. They're like first two records. You have? Uh, and I, this is perfect. If he wants metal, well, damn it, I'm going to give him metal. Dude, uh, this is... <laughs> So this is we're talking about Slipknot's self-titled record. Their first That's album right. came out in nineteen ninety nine, I believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, to say that this record is chaotic is a, a, <laughs> a pretty big understatement. Yes, it is. I mean, it's nine dudes in a band. Is that right? I always get the number. I mixed think up. it's eight or nine. Yeah, it's somewhere around eight or nine. They got. Two percussionists, a DJ, uh, like three guitarists, you know. Yeah, two like, guitars and a and a bassist. Um, yeah. Then they have. Oh man. Okay, so let's count it out. So they have a drummer. Uh huh. Two percussionists. Yeah. A DJ. Two guitarists, a singer and a bassist. I think it's eight people. I'm pretty sure the DJ does all the sampling stuff also. Yeah, I think he finds all the samples. I'm just going to like four, eight, nine. I'm counting nine on the album cover. Okay, so so we're uh, missing someone. We're, we're missing someone. Someone's just kind of hidden in the back. I don't know. Uh, the unnamed. It's, it, maybe it's just the guy who hits the fucking beer keg. Man. Every every <laughs> three tracks. Uh, Man, I, it, I've been... My, my roommate, whose room I'm using, has been very much into Slipknot for like the last couple months so I've gotten a lot of secondhand experience with Slipknot I've watched a couple of their live shows and dude uh seen what they're up to it's first of all it's insane second off I couldn't imagine a funner job than being one of the percussionists for this band yes all they do is just go crazy and rarely hit their instruments the entire show and it almost looks like they're there to fuck with all the other guys while they're playing <laughs> like i saw footage and i don't know if it was real or not but i saw footage of i'm pretty sure the clown and cory uh the singer cory taylor getting to like a fist fight on stage really yeah that the clown oh, did wow. something to piss him off someone like and they're just legit rolling on the stage just punching the shit out of each other but then again like you listen to this music you see their live shows and how chaotic it all is anyway it's just like who knows if that was part of the show 
Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they were just like, hey, man, in the middle of spit it out, come and punch me on the side of the head, and we're going to act like we, we got in a fight. You know? Or let's actually fucking hit each other. Like, I mean, that wouldn't surprise it, me at all. There's nine dudes in the band, so chances are, like, one of them's just going to be psychotic enough to just do stuff like that you know what i'm saying yeah man there's nine guys in this band and it sounds like there's nine guys in this band yes <laughs> holy shit it if if you're a fan of slipknot you kind of you kind of know what we're saying when we talk about like this first album maybe even the second one uh i would say even if more the only... second one i would say i was even more chaotic than this one. Oh yeah it's even more hardcore and crazy and intense and even harder of an album to get through in one listen definitely but if you're if you kind of know them from afar from like their hits and stuff their first two albums were basically when they had nothing to lose dude and they just went absolutely crazy with it absolutely insane they were not trying to write hits or be well produced (laughs) yeah i think they just happened to have some hits in there like wait and bleed and and spit it out off of this yeah. record, be- and I, I gotta say it's because of Corey. Uh, I mean, yeah, he, Corey Taylor is actually an, a fantastic vocalist, much less cool person. I but yeah, what you've heard some things about him that you don't like? Oh man, ugh, he's just like he has this thing called CMFT, where that's like his solo work. It's it, Corey motherfucking Taylor. Oh, right. And so he has a song called, like, Corey motherfucking Taylor must be stopped. And it's about, like, how cool he is or whatever. And oh, no. He, he's just a tool, man. Honestly. That's a shame. I've, I've seen interviews with him, and he seems like like a smart guy. He's also done, <laughs> he's done various videos with the Nostalgia Critic. Oh. I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... I don't know. That's just kind of an interesting factoid. Well, I I read that uh, that he basically Slipknot got signed after Corey joined. That they put out an EP or a couple demos and and you know they probably got some attention for it because the musicians are incredible. Uh, everyone around yeah. Corey is incredible, but I think Corey was that that linchpin that that thing that kind of brought it all together, and he made them commercial commercially viable yeah well it's i mean i i assume that would be due to him i mean he has a fantastic like scream voice but he also also has a great uh like singing voice yeah and he can go in in interchangeably between those two things at the drop of a pin yeah and i want to say that uh he that stone sour the his other side project that got kind of big after slipknot yeah he was doing that before he joined slipknot yeah. So he wasn't true. a screamer <laughs> until <laughs> these dudes were like, "Hey, want to do our thing?" And then he's just like, "Oh yeah, I have a unbelievably scary and powerful scream that I can use <laughs> at any moment and and do three different types of screams. It's not just like that one note screaming, you know, kind of like at all cost yeah. type of stuff. Like Corey is an mm. amazing vocalist. Yeah, he's and he's got a crazy range and uh yeah, man, it's it's just kind of, I don't know, it, yeah, it's it's that, and it's, it, with so many musicians, it must be, it, I feel like it'd be really hard to, like, it, like a too many chefs situation. Right. So I don't, I don't know how they got it together, but they did. I don't know how you get nine people together in one room, let alone be in one band, uh, but apparently they were like, uh, 
something of a super group from right. the hardcore scene in where they grew up in Iowa. Yeah, they have a lot uh, of um, background in hardcore and death metal and like thrash. Yeah, and that it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny because you hear it, you 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 hear it in this record for sure. I mean, anytime I listen to like, especially death metal, I I just can't help but think because I don't have a, an ability to write a song like that. I don't know how you do. I don't know how you write a song like Sick or I mean like prosthetics. Yeah. You know these, these <laughs> like these riffs that are just like they're not based in blues, I don't think. Um so the melodically they don't have to make a lot of sense, even though they do a lot uh, at some points in the songs. Like there are melody, there is melody to the guitars. Like they, they are playing something you can scream to. But man, a lot of this stuff is just like. Good thing Corey has such a great scream because I don't know what kind of vocals you would write to this. It it almost seems like you got to kind of just make up your own thing. Yeah, and then hope it works. <laughs> yeah, man, and it's like it's crazy to hear iowa compared to this one because you can really hear the new metal influence on this record compared to any of their other stuff that they've done since right. and rap metal Corey raps on this album like on multiple songs and it's not good it's it's pretty late it's not when, good he, when he raps he said chrome to the <laughs> dome in one song <laughs> he tries to uh i think he made a reference to uh fucking the dude from public enemy yeah he references uh, chuck d and ll cool yeah chuck j. d ice t i think yeah well ice t apparently came to their spit it out video shoot and just like hung out yeah i can't imagine ice t <laughs> there <laughs> but i mean that's where the dj comes in right like he's there he's the only thing that's keeping them in the new metal genre at all at this point and this is about the only album he contributes on. <laughs> There's a lot of fucking squiggly wiki woos and, and wobbly doos and all this stuff on here. And I didn't like it, honestly. Oh, dude, I love You it. love the DJ stuff? I love the DJ stuff, man. <laughs> I love the sampling that he does. I love all the sounds and the, and the freaky synths that he'll add to it and stuff like that. But I don't like right. his little, his, his scritchy scratches. How can... <laughs> How are you a new metal fan and you don't like wiki wikis? You know I what never I'm liked wiki wikis. I never liked that. Ugh, I never liked what that. What a poser! You know? But I mean, Lip Biscuit, they they use their DJ like a DJ. And Slipknot, this music doesn't need any wiki woos on it. I think it needs far more. You'd, wiki you'd like more wiki woos. I'd like more wiki woos. I'm disappointed that there are no wiki woos after this album. <laughs> the wiki woos completely take me out of it. <laughs> and it makes me laugh because it's of the time. It feels so 1999. Sure. That you have I mean, this that, like, yeah. and all this like crazy blast beat double bass stuff. And then, <laughs> and it's like, dude, is this like the guy from Incubus just like moonlighting in Slipknot on the weekends? <laughs> yeah baby yeah Man, it's it it really does like there are specific songs on here that sound like Limp Biscuit and Corn to me really yeah like prosthetics sounds like Limp Biscuit when he's singing in the verses like he sounds like Fred 
and uh, and corn. Same with prosthetics, but specifically the bridge, and prosthetics and the bridge of scissors like are both very corn esque. Where it's like he kind of sounds like he's having like a, a a manic breakdown type of singing. Right. Yeah. You know, where it's like and, uh, <laughs> like this at all at the end of, of every line, just like sounds like he's about to fucking lose his mind. And the bass on this album kind of has that like low tuned like you can hear the strings yeah kind of kind of sound to it as well but, like very fieldy esque you yeah. know right but man you know as much new metal as there is on this record i hear all the things that we were just talking about like i hear thrash and death metal and like industrial yeah and even the the last song eeyore yeah uh, it's like a punk kind of yeah. thing a little bit. You can almost bob your head to it. Almost. And speaking of which, did we did we listen to the same version of the album? Dude, I was about to ask you that question because there's <laughs> like six different track listings of this record. Yeah, it's they they had two songs that I think they got in legal trouble with the sampling, so they had yeah. to remove it. Uh, and so they replaced it. Frailim Nursery with, and Purity. Yes, and they replaced it with me inside. Uh, and so that's the version I listen to is is the me inside version. Yeah, me too. Where, okay, yeah. thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was I was wondering that because as I'm sure you thought about it, were you going through Genius along with the lyrics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I looked. I was like, what is this? What are these two songs? And I started looking. I'm like, me inside is like number seventeen on this. One on Genius, I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, and on Genius, it shows like the entire track listing, like with remixes and bonus songs, and it's like 22 tracks or something. Yeah, and I, I really want to hear uh, the hyper version of Spit It Out. I didn't listen to it yet, but there's like a, oh, a remix or a different version that's a hyper version. I want to hear that. It's like, how could it be more hyper? I know, right? Than it is, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw that a lot of those tracks that like made it twenty two tracks was because they uh, there was like a Digipack release, and like mm. you remember, you remember when that was a thing back in the day where it's like, oh, you can only hear that, you can only get that song on like the Japanese release of a record for some reason. I mean, yeah, I think there were a couple albums that we've reviewed that that's kind of happened on. Oh, did I not? Uh, is that true? I mean, I'd have to I'd have to look at the full list, but I do remember one album is like in in Japan. It's like this this track was released, and in the UK this track was released, but in America, you know. Yeah, I don't understand. And I don't. Why do you? Why would you do that why? if a song's like just put the same songs on the on all the versions of the record? I don't. Get I don't. It. Yeah, I don't understand. Like. Uh, like singling out a specific audience to where it's just like, but none of y'all are going to hear this unless you pay five times what the album is worth to get the, the Japanese version. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if it's like a marketing ploy to get more money. I don't know if it's like a censorship type of thing. Uh, I haven't looked into it that much, but it's, it's, it could be anything. Yeah. Who knows me at this point? It, I, I bet you're right that it is a marketing thing. Just creating exclusivity, you know? Yeah, but right. but the thing is too, it's just like at the end of the day, you're it's not making you any more money as a band because the only people that are going to be making money from an inflated cost of that album are the resellers. So right, the, the you know Rubik Fish isn't going to get 
<laughs> like fifty extra dollars <laughs> for you know everything sucks because some dude in in Mexico sold his version of it. Like so, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me if it's a marketing thing. But does that even I, happen I, anymore? I, I feel like with streaming, that doesn't even happen anymore. Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. I I haven't like noticed it enough to even it, it, notice any of the trends or anything. Man, uh, I was curious because I just thought I was like, man, I forgot about Digipacks. I forgot about the. You know, uh, this one was only released in Germany. You're like, oh, fuck, I want that one. But, you know, there's kind of an interesting, I guess, version of that. It's not... It, it's like uh, it's happened with a couple rap albums that someone will release an album and then they'll, like, add a song or change the track listing or even remaster it and then, like, release it again. again. Yeah. Right? Uh, that happened with uh, Life of Pablo. Right, you remember that whole thing, dude. It's funny because I feel like that happened again with Kanye with Donda. I'm, I mean, if it hasn't already, I'm sure it will. Well, apparently, what <laughs> did happen was that the the label released uh, the record and then he took it back. He like delivered it, oh, and then took it back, and so they kind of messed up and released that version of it for like a day or something, and then took it down. And he was like, <laughs> "I'm not done yet," and you know, he's like, "I have another 34 minutes. I want to add." to it oh my god all right but uh yeah i just feel like that that is the only occurrences i've heard of that happening is with kanye where a version gets released and then what becomes the final version is is was but it's with all the leaking and stuff you know like people he's big enough that someone's gonna want to leak that right well i have heard of a. I forgot who the artist was but they released an album and it was like poorly mixed so he just it got someone else to mix it and master it and then he released it again like under the same since it's mostly digital these days yeah. it's a lot easier to do things oh like so that was recent yeah uh, it was like within the last uh two years if i remember correctly oh man i wonder who that was yeah me too <laughs> well damn back, back to this record uh yeah purity and frail and nursery were not those two songs were not on the version that we listened to and no. Yeah, it was some sort of copyright infringement issue with uh, that it was based off of a story that they read online. Is that right? Yeah, so it was inspired by a story that was published online about a girl named Purity Knight who was kidnapped and buried alive. So oh, it's a shit. website called Crime Scene, and they basically... Pres- it's almost like No Sleep on Reddit, right. where they present fictional stories as real-life crime cases. So they someone made up the story and it's on crime scene but being presented like it's real. So it's a they say it's a work of fiction, but then Corey is convinced that it's real. <laughs> <laughs> and so the case is like there was audio samples from those two stories on the tra- or from that story on the two tracks. And that's where they got in trouble and they had to take it off the record. Hmm. But it's weird how at first it wasn't an issue and then it was. Well, whatever. but whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, man, I, it, it's like, it, this is a, this is an exhausting, it's an exhausting record because even without those two songs, it's 50 minutes Yeah. of chaos. Yeah. And it's, it, I guess if you're into hardcore and you're into metal, it's, it's fine. But as, yeah. as a person who does not. Like, I'll listen to punk and stuff in, like, metal sometimes when I'm in the mood for it. But, like, this is, this is crazy, man. And listening 
to an hour of this is just like it it gave me a headache the first time i did it damn <laughs> well because it was it was it's just so much and the drums are so loud on this record especially front and center that it's banging banging on your head the whole time that 90 percent of Corey's vocals are screaming mm-hmm. uh and then there's percussive stuff that's happening every once in a while and it's it's a it's a it's almost overwhelming. Yeah, it's an avalanche of of sound <laughs> yeah, coming at but, you. I mean, but dude, I mean, Joey's drumming. Oh yeah, forget about it, dude. I if you're this good at drumming on your first album, I I'm sure Joey did other stuff, but like this is insane. Yeah, Joey's the I, one that has that thrash death metal background. He's one of the ones in the band that has that. So he was doing stuff. He's part of the supergroup aspect of Slipknot, right? It, it just the just the double kick work, and how seamlessly he can do the, those drum fills and stuff, and how fast this music is. Yeah, does he play everything in triplets? <laughs> I mean, it's insane. It's it, no, he doesn't even do triplets. Like most of the time, it's just like. 16th uh, notes 16th notes or 8th notes or something it's silly it's it's uh it's yikes, silly but, i <laughs> mean it's, dude it, it's blast beats for minutes at a time that yeah it, like in the first song uh i think it's the first song in sick where they kind of have the this real little song. part where he's yeah and then he does the double kick to dude insane like, stuff like that the entire record I don't know how you play a show in this band. Dude, have you noticed? I was going to say, because I love Joey's playing. I love everything that he does on drums on on this record. Any Slipknot song I've heard, he's he's the one I'm listening to most of the time. And yeah. his drumming is incredible, but it's flawed. Like, he's not perfect in his drumming. And that's part of why I love it. I mean, it's I I, I'm not sure they recorded to a metronome with this album. I doubt it. Which is because uh, there are times when it obviously speeds up. Yes. And <laughs> slows down. Yeah. And I feel like that's it Joey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe so, man. But it sounds fantastic. I love it. It sounds awesome. It's it's like, it really does sound like um, someone who. Is out of control on the drums. Yeah. Like he's, he's a monster. He sounds out of control, but he's playing really fucking well. So it's you know that he's not out of control, but it's like there are moments, and it doesn't happen often on the on the album, but there were a few times, like you said, like you could tell it's spe- it sped up. You can tell yeah. that like the tempo changed. And there's times where he's like, yeah, he's doing those crazy double bass things, and he kind of gets off a little bit. And right. especially, and I'm sure you've noticed on some of the live stuff, like he's just <laughs> like, he's sped up by 20%. Like he plays these songs 20% yeah. faster. Live. I mean, all the songs are like sped up by 20%. Yeah. And, and yeah. he definitely gets off when he does that. But there's something that I love about that. Like there's something that I love about the mistakes and the, the I mean, it, it just makes it more human. Yes, you know, exactly. Exactly. That's, that's exactly it. And I feel like, um, it almost like is a little charming where you're just like, Oh, a computer didn't write this. Like this is a guy playing this and a guy is not perfect. 
it it brings a little humanity to this record that was made by absolute monsters. <laughs> yeah, dude. But and it is it kind of uh, makes you realize how much almost all drums are like programmed now on music. You don't hear a lot of honest drum playing on music anymore. And I was wondering if you had any insight into like what program drums even are, because I don't fully understand it. I mean, I'm sure genres like metal have been mostly untouched by things like that. No, a lot of new, a lot of metal stuff that has been coming out in the last, maybe even 10 years has been programmed drums. Really? Yeah. It's disappointing to hear because then you think like, Oh my God, these guys are so tight and so good. And then you're, then you realize that it was probably programmed. I mean, I know there a lot of metal people use triggers. Uh, And you can hear that. I can clearly hear that when I'm listening to the music. Yeah, I don't think he used it on this album. No, no, not at all. I just mean when when someone is using a trigger, I can hear it very clearly. Right. Yeah, because it's well, because it's all the same sound, and you know, there's no like dynamic really to it. Right. It almost sounds like I can hear a click. It's weird. It's like I can hear it. Um, yeah. And I can tell it's not the way that they mic the the kick, but like our program drums, like literally, like so is the way it works. And I don't know if you know, but the way I th- it's like the way I understand it is the drummer plays his drums, they record all his parts, and then they take that and the producer actually goes in and programs all the drums through like a MIDI drum program, and then he like recreates all of it on a drum machine or something? Uh, I mean, you, you got me there. I, Man. I, I really have no idea what all that's about. Uh, I thought people would just keep drumming the same as always. No, man, it's something that I'm realizing and I can hear it more on major label, um, releases. That it, it's fucking becoming pretty obvious that like the drums are not being played by a human sometimes. It's kind of how you can, when you start being able to tell uh, auto-tuning, when you start being able to hear it in records, not like the T-Pain style, but just where they fixed a note, and you hear it, and you're like, ah, shit. Like pitch correcting. Pitch correcting, right. It it takes away from it a little bit for me. Uh, That's one thing that makes like the the first um, big release by Avenged Sevenfold, even their first two, Waking the Fallen and City of Evil, like they have so many harmonies on those, and they made it a point to say in interviews that they didn't use any pitch correction or auto tuning on it. And, and honestly, but I think it is a, you know, you roll your eyes, but I think it's a, it's a little badge of honor a little bit because of how much it's utilized now. Well, it's the bare minimum. It's <laughs> that, that your musicians can do their part. Isn't that true? You would think, but how many people have to get tuned? How many people sound amazing on the album? And then you hear them live and you're like, like Madonna. <laughs> well. She's, she's, yeah, she can't do what she does on the record. That's why it's impressive, like, when talking about Bright Light Social Hour and stuff, where you're just like, dude, and they did that live. You know, like, that's, that's true. incredible. So I don't yeah. think it's expected anymore. <laughs> but, man, you hear Corey on this record, and he does this live. Joey plays this live. Like, they are doing, it, like, they are not a studio, uh, you know, artist. They're not a studio band. No, yeah, they definitely, they they can definitely put out a live show, and they're, there have been shows that I've seen Corey get a little tired, you know, and he kind of gives a, a, a good amount of the vocals to the audience or to his bandmates. But even then, <laughs> they're in full, like, jumpsuits and masks. Right. Which makes it even more 
unbelievable to me that Joey can play an hour-long show with doing a mask. this. Dude, how uncomfortable it, has that got to be? Oh, God. I Like, I've, I've had nightmares that I'm in a band where we have, like, a gimmick that we have to wear, like, long robes or something. <laughs> right. You know, or hats. And, and it's like... I just want to be able to play the music. So you're thinking like, um, like ghost and stuff. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do it, but guar guar. Oh, Jesus. Uh, it's funny too. You say like he gave up some of the singing to like the crowd and everything. I feel like that's such a, that's when, you know, a band has, uh, has made it when the singer's just like, it's been 10 years of grinding. I am so tired. Like y'all know the words and they're, they're singing loud enough. It's just like, all right, cool. Y'all do it because, like, they're just exhausted. <laughs> Go for it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, it, it's, but it's, man, talking about, like, the mass and everything, I remember Corey saying that a uh, really long time ago in an interview that the the mask that he wears actually kind of hurts. Like, it, like, pulls. Which one? I think it was the original one that he wore. With the braids? With the braids. And I think he said it would, like, pull on his hair and it would hurt really bad. Mm. And, uh it would piss him off because it was so uncomfortable and he said it helped his performance. Uh, I'm like, dude, you're putting yourself that's suffering that. for your music. All right. It's, it's seriously, man. Like saying like these masks legitimately hurt. <laughs> like, and it, and it helps me just give a good performance. Like, but it is weird to see li- a live footage of them where they're just like, they're insane. And the lyric, the music is insane. And then he goes, what's up Miami. <laughs> it's been a while since we've been in the beautiful beautiful city of Miami and I'm just like yeah, right. what <laughs> like, <laughs> you're not going to put on the act the whole time like you're just going to like after the song's over alright guys how's All everyone right, doing guys, out there that was a great one Yeah. hey thanks for playing along guys we only have three more <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's really weird and it, it, it I didn't expect that from their live show I thought it was just going to be you know, 100 miles an hour for, for, you know, the entire show. And it's, it was weird to hear him being like sincere and just like, what's right. up guys? Yeah. <laughs> Especially since, I mean, the majority of these songs on this album, it's centered around like hatred and just spite and like yeah. hating the world and hating yourself. Yeah. Man. So it's kind of weird to play songs like surfacing where the course is like, Fuck you all! Fuck this world! Fuck everything you stand for! Uh, and you play it to an audience. Yeah, and everyone's and you're like, like yes. but not you guys. <laughs> we love you guys. Not you. No, we love you guys. Yeah, we're talking about all the other. People. We love the maggots. That that's what I've always thought about. Uh, fans that sing songs like uh, Green Day, like I walk a lonely road, when he has like his other two friends playing in the band with him, and they're just like, uh, okay, like, do we mean nothing? <laughs> I'm sorry. I am sorry. I wasn't there for you enough, uh, Billy. <laughs> but that's uh, yeah. I mean, it is. It's. I feel like with Green Day, he does. He does seem like he he might be writing from a certain perspective, but it might not necessarily be his personal perspective. Even right. though, like, he find out, you know, he like dealt with with uh, substance abuse and all that stuff. So he was going through some shit. But like, you listen to to Corey's lyrics, and it's. I mean, his voice is, like, again, like, really, even when he's screaming, like, very sincere. He legitimately sounds fucking pissed. Yeah. He is honestly scary. He's scary to me. Sure. Yeah. And incredibly energetic. And, uh, but his lyrics are, like, kind of vague. And at the same time, 
sound like they could be talking about one very specific person. <laughs> Which could just be him, you know? But it's like, if they're talking about me, if one of these songs, if I found out one of these songs was about me, I'd yeah, be scared. Yeah, you, you gotta, like, get out of the, get out of town I'm gonna, or Yeah, I'm gonna move out of Des Moines. <laughs> Which I would probably want to anyway. I mean, yeah, just another reason to get out of there, I guess. Yeah, I love one of their reviews said, uh, these guys clearly hate their fathers and hate where they live. Or hate, this, hate their city or something like that. I'm just like, <laughs> of, I didn't get the, the dad hate. But I definitely got the like, man, fuck all this. Well, they in the uh, I believe the song is Eyeless, where he like has that one line about his dad. Uh, oh, that I really that was like, it. Yeah, my father was a phantom and mystery, and that's left me with nothing. Man, uh, Eyeless is a great song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I it, I. I don't think there are any bad songs on this album, even though it is an extremely long album. <laughs> 50 Minutes is a long album in general, uh, especially for a metal record. But starting off with Sick and Eyeless, Wait and Bleed and Surfacing. Dude. Fuck you, know, you it's, all. Fuck this world. Fuck this world. Fuck everything that you stand for. Surfacing is such a badass song. This is this is the first album to go to if you're just in a shit mood and you just want to be angry about it. Reminds me of like People Equals Shit. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, you know that Slipknot song. Uh, no. Ugh. Is that off? That's off of What's Iowa. What's that off? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, just there's, the chorus is People Equal Shit. People Equal Shit. I'm like, oh my god. In front of their audience of of, hun- of tens of thousands of again. a bunch of people. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah no it's it man it, again it's like his lyrics are vague most of the time the lyrics are really intense and, and pretty cool but there's a lot of like there's a lot of lame there's for me there's a there was a lot of lame lines on this record sure yeah and it i don't know how experienced Corey was in writing lyrics before this i know he had been in stone sour for a bit right uh, but it is it is kind of that vague metalhead gore angry minded just angry just it it almost feels like it, it and there's almost kind of like an endearingness to it just because it is so raw and off the cuff and it seems like he got angry wrote the lyrics and went in the studio that day right he didn't think about it too much yeah i mean can you imagine him recording the vocals too like how do you record these vocals without being genuinely pissed off exactly how do you get this yeah. how do you get this performance out of you without being genuinely mad so maybe he was just really a really fucking angry dude at this time you know yeah it's uh it just sucks man because he is so good and i hate when he raps <laughs> I think the rapping is pretty bad, but it could be worse. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> that's that's not to say that it's not already bad. Yeah. I mean, like, I love Spit It Out, but I hate the rapping that he does. The times that he's rapping on Spit It Out. I mean, he says chrome straight to your dome. Yeah. <sighs> it's like, I don't know. Like he looked at like three rap songs and he just kind of got stuff from all that. And he was like, but I'll make it metal and, and nasty. Yeah. And there's a difference between the way that he was trying to do it and the way that Fred Durst was doing it, where it honestly sounded like Fred Durst was like trying to be a good rapper. I think Corey is just like, 
this is what people are into right now, right? Well, it almost seems like it was just so natural for Durst to do it that he didn't even have to think about it. He has the voice for it. But Corey, uh, being a person who had not at the time been very experienced with rapping, I'm sure, kind of had to put on a... It kind of had to make a fake little rap persona for those parts. Yeah, he was Corey motherfucking right? Taylor when he was rapping. Corey motherfucking Taylor. Yeah. No, and I think... <laughs> but I think uh, he's seems to be a fan of hip-hop from all the references that he makes to hip-hop. I mean, they even have, you know, like we said, an Ice Cube sample at the very end of the record. He mentions Chuck D. He mentions uh, LL Cool J. Yeah, and they even... They, they sample the Amen break. Yeah, what's uh, that from? Uh, what's that from? It's just from an old old song by the... It's like Amen Brother, I think it's what it's called or something. Okay. Uh, and and that's that, it's one of the most used samples of all time, especially in drum and bass, but it was... Uh, I think it's it's used in rap a good amount, or at least it was in like the 80s or the, the 90s or something. This I could be completely off. Okay. About that. No, I, I bet I bet you're right. I um, man, samples is like such a random interest of mine. I I love figuring out how like some of these like crate digger DJs like find this stuff. I think it's so cool. Uh, but yeah, they have like some cool uh, movies that they chose to like sample from also. Like yeah, Carlito's if, Way. If I'm from what? Uh, Carlito's Way. It's like a, a Al Pacino like gangster movie that I love. Yeah, here comes the pain. Yeah. Uh, falling <laughs> uh, down, another great movie. There's, there's one of these songs that I read on Genius was based off, uh, the collector or the collection. Creepy, yeah, old uh, horror movie from the sixties. Yeah, it's like, man, I knew it was a mistake, dude. That is so creepy. That those lines, and uh, I love it. <laughs> it is very creepy. There's there's a very apparent horror vibe to this whole album, right? In general, totally. I mean, especially like with the masks and stuff. They just but they get that horror thing across with like the DJ doing his sample stuff. Like, um, man, I I have to find it in my notes. Oh, it's prosthetics where like the beginning sounds like a woman screaming, but it's a it's a synthesizer. Right. Really, really creepy and cool. Like this sounds like. The whole album sounds like like a gritty, gross, gory like slasher movie. <laughs> like just grit. Like you think of like grind like grindhouse stuff from the seventies. That's just like dirty film grain and just guts and like they you know like yeah. ugh, like they just I, I I picture all of that in my head and it's like it makes it another reason that if you're like really listening to this music and it's not just on, which I don't even understand how you can just have this on in the background while you're like, <laughs> you know, doing your reading your Bible verses or whatever. But I, right. If you're really paying attention to this music and you're like living in it, it is genuinely like kind of hard to listen to like emotionally. I mean, I, I can imagine if you're just a, a, a chill person, Who's never had a day of snow cone couldn't fix. <laughs> uh, it'd be pretty tough. I've never met a snow was, cone I didn't like. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Yeah. Uh, but, t- I mean, t- uh, my 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 
buddy Lily uh, had a time when it was listening to this album and like near exclusively <laughs> during a very bad time. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, uh oh, <laughs> this isn't <laughs> this isn't good. Uh oh, cause I, I, concern. I go over more often than usual. Hey, how you doing? Uh, <laughs> oh, you're uh, listening to Subliminal Verses now. Huh? Okay, good, good. <laughs> no, she it, it, she does not like any other Slipknot stuff except like the first two albums. And honestly, it's it's really hard to it's honestly kind of hard to listen to other Slipknot stuff after these first two albums, just because of how differently it's mixed and how much more it's produced. That it almost feels fake, <laughs> which yeah. is weird yeah i mean because i think by their third record which is my favorite one by them and i know that's not a lot of people's um shared opinion but i think it's because rick rubin hopped on on that third record right so uh, i mean that's that's the one with uh before i forget duality psychosocial and stuff right i don't think psychosocial is on that one i i I know duality uh is on it they had the vermilion um that that one de- definitely had the catchiest Slipknot songs, um, but you know, saying that they had two big singles off this. Re- this record went double platinum, <laughs> their first album. So I mean, Wait and Bleed and really? Spit It Out. Oh yeah, and Wait and Bleed and Spit It Out were two huge, massive singles for them. But you know, it's it. it I know that subliminal verses. By the time you get to that point, it is so produced. You they lose the raw sound. This album is super raw sounding. I mean, we. I remember we talked before about this album. You, me, and Brittany and Luis, mm. and Brittany had gone to sound school like I had, and we were just talking about like the production of this album and how uh, bad it is. And like I recognize it's bad, but I honestly thought it's like perfect. It was perfect for what they were trying to do and the nastiness they were trying to yeah. display. It's really gritty, and it, that's what adds to the... To me, it adds to the horror vibes. This this feels like uh, if Rob Zombie... You know, you could put this in, like, The Devil's Rejects, and this would be a perfect soundtrack for, like, a, any Rob Zombie movie. Right. It just has that gritty, <laughs> dirty, nasty, unnerving feel and the rawness of the production adds a lot to that oh yeah i'm listening to diluted right now and that is you're you're getting it right on the nose right it's uh diluted was cool though man that actually diluted was one of my choice nugs really well let's get into it it is time it is time it is time for choice nugs it is time it is time it is time for choice nugs I love the the chuggy verse and the all the you know it really like the auxiliary percussion like stands out so much on the verses of diluted. Yeah. And I yeah man, I I love when the percussion comes in on this album and I'm sad that it doesn't really happen as much on other albums. It's true. Yeah, they kind of started doing different things later on. Yeah, but, uh, but but things like uh, uh, Tattered and Torn and Prosthetics, I believe, kind of feature the percussion more. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a very cool, odd sound that you don't really hear anywhere else. Yeah, man, it's it's uh, one of the reasons why I love uh, Arx Bandits is because they, they tag on those extra toms that just really just give such a cool feeling. And Diluted has a lot of cool drum shit 
all over it. Oh yeah. Like when the the song kind of starts out like kind of chuggy, and then a, a forty seconds in, Joey is going off. <laughs> he's just he's just going around the set, just hitting every single drum he's got, just making sure he's once. staying on beat with that kick. It's always what he's doing, <laughs> and then and then he does that for two measures, and the next two measures of the verse are almost like he's doing like a dancey thing on the drums, like like open hi hat, kind of doing mm-hmm. this like dancey rhythm, and oh, dude, that chorus. Oh yeah! What it's, did I? Did I? Do this? And they have that yeah. that dude screaming in the background. I will say this about Corey: his his choruses seem to be like super something you can latch on to uh, when you're in a specific mood. Yeah, like uh, 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 this song, "No Life," surfacing. It's just stuff you can you can just think in your head when someone pisses you off at the grocery store or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, like when uh yeah you um you accidentally pay for someone else's gas at a gas station like I recently did, uh, and that was a whole thing. And man, I walked away like with you know ninety dollars less in my pocket, and I barely got any gas oh. for it. And I wish I had knew about diluted at that time, so I could just be like, "What did I do to deserve <laughs> all of this? All of this, <laughs> dude!" And like, at, at like, at what is it? Minute one eighteen, I think, on this record. They yeah, have that where weird they do drum. like the little whistle break. Yeah, and those really weird, cool auxiliary drums, and they go right back into the second verse, which is like Joey yeah. going ar- going off again. It's it. It almost has like a weird. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just the percussionist having a little break and in, in like a little whistle thing in the middle of this absolutely insane song. Yeah, man, and it's it has like three different vibes, and it's so cool. Like the verses, it to me sounds like two different genres, and then you go to the <laughs> to the chorus, and it's like this really hard hitting, great guitar riff. The drums are open. And just kind of like it seems like a a nice break for Joey. Yeah, when he can just kind of do four on the floor and kuka kuka kuka. So effective though. Uh, oh yeah, it's, for sure, man. It was yeah, very soulfly esque, very tribal sounding at times. I I love that chorus riff. Like that was a an easy choice nug for me. Well, all right. Uh, what's your second one, man? Man, you know me. I uh, I had I don't. I'm a little curmudgy. I'm a mudgy man, and <laughs> I knew and have loved wait it wait and bleed, and spit it out since it came out. Uh, I mean, this album came out when I was 12, <laughs> and I loved spit it out. I heard it. That was the first one I heard by Slipknot, and it was on uh, an MTV Rock compilation album. Really? Yeah, and it was like the new generation of rock. So they had a bunch of bands that were like about to blow up on it, and that's how I got into new metal. Was that was that record? It had Cold Chamber, Static X, Limp Biscuit, Corn, uh, all the big, all boys. the big boys, Slipknot, you know, Head PE, some smaller boys. But uh, so spit it out. Always loved it. Wait and bleed. Always loved it. Despite how much these guys scared the shit out of me when I was twelve years old, and still <laughs> right. to this day kind of scare the shit out of me. So I didn't want them to be what what I was really looking for in this record, and I've heard, and I listened to this actually last year for an album review. I don't I didn't remember any of it because this album just 
fucking pummels you, and it's hard to remember <laughs> much if you're not taking it. It knocks you out. It knocks you the fuck out. And, uh, but I wanted to go into this time around, listening to it again, and really trying to pay a lot more attention. Like, I wanted to find a, a B-side or a lesser-known song that I liked a lot by them, and Diluted was one. And, right. But that was an easy one for me. Like, I can say Diluted is right up there with Wait and Bleed and was Spit It Out. So I wanted to stay away from those two big singles because I already know I love those and I wanted to find another one that I really loved. And the other one was Eyeless. Eyeless. The the second real song on the record because the, the first track is kind of like a weird intro. I, the whole thing I think is sick. The uh, Well, the, the, first, the first real song is sick. The Eyeless is the second real song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, this song is crazy. It, it, this is the one with the uh Amen break at the start. Oh, and I, okay. I love those hits. You know? Oh, that's what the uh, it, Oh, okay, I see that. Yeah, is that the fucking uh Powerpuff Girls? Yeah, that's the Powerpuff Girls thing. That's the one. That's the one you mentioned during the uh the Pendulum uh episode we did. Yes. I mean, that's in a lot of drum and bass. What's it called? So you'll get very familiar with it. What's it called? Uh, it's the Amen break. Oh, that's or the, the Amen, Amen beat. Break. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So it has that like, which is kind of ironic yeah, because sure. I feel like Joey could have just played it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I really kind of like how it sounded. Yeah. Right. Because it, it was a little uh, less produced and then the real drums come in and it ha- adds such a massive hit right <laughs> like with those toms and that snare and the snare is just sounding so right this entire album so tight so high and tight so so high and tight which is what they used to call me in college all high and tight hand or hand all high and tight <laughs> oh here comes old high and tight put everyone put away your drugs <laughs> He's going to narc on you. Uh, the chorus to this one is fantastic. Oh, man. I love the... the uh, You can't see California without Milo Brando's eyes. You can't see California. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? You can't see California without Milo Brando's eyes. eyes. Uh, it's on my head. It's all in my head. And then that, that like, diminished... It's all in my yeah. head. Oh, dude, it's so... It's all in your head. <laughs> weirdly catchy <laughs> yeah and it's it's just a just another chaotic banger man yeah and it's uh man it's like it's weirdly like he does the rappy stuff but i like it on this one he does the rappy verses a little bit but it's not like the wor- it's like the best of it on the record well maybe he didn't think of it as a rap verse and he just went about it like he normally would yeah he brought the energy <laughs> that he would if he was screaming to just yeah to talking really fast and really aggressively um dude i'd love i think it's like about two minutes in that dive guitar riff oh yeah it is so awesome i wish i wrote that man <laughs> oh and then uh near like the three minute mark they have this little kind of breakdown and then the double kick comes in yeah and absolutely destroys it <laughs> <laughs> and that was the one that i was listening to and i'm just like 
He sounds like he's getting slightly off a little bit, but I love it. I mean, it's it's just it's raw, man. Yeah, it's super it's raw, raw and un, unfiltered. And it's it's kind of, you know, the drums aren't recorded the best on this record, but for the rawness, they could sound a lot worse, and they sound pretty fucking great. But they're they don't I, they just don't sound you know to quality that we're used to hearing now. I think this record sounds exactly how it should. Yeah. I have no qualms at all with the quality or recording or whatever with this record. Yeah, it's so raw, and I have like a love hate relationship with with that part of it. Because <laughs> you can't get your tone bone really exactly. But <laughs> but I love the aesthetic and the vibe that it gives the whole record. Right. And, and production is just like so I've you know it took me so long to realize like what it was that I didn't like about live records and why there are some records that I'm like I really want to like this but I can't like old misfits mm. and uh, but it's just there's something uh, it, it's it feels right for this record like you said like it's so raw and I love it, and I hate it at the same time. And, I mean, Eyeless, like, you already have Corey, who has a crazy, manic, scary, honestly pissed-off scream, and then they add distortion to it during Eyeless. Right. And it just, like, it just brought it to that next level, man. I'm just like, dude, I am, in my head, uh, unfortunately, someone is getting stabbed. <laughs> well, look, if that's how it's, it's got to be, that's how it's got to be. that's how it's, it's got to be, be, that's how it's got to be, you know what I mean? And that's how it's got me. But yeah, man, Eyeless. Whew. Another choicey for me. Eyeless. Eyeless and Diluted. Yeah, Eyeless and Diluted. Those are my those are my boys right there. Whew. Well, let me let me introduce you to my boys and see if they get along. <laughs> Show me your boys. Uh my first nug on this record is Sick. Mm-hmm. Which is the first uh actual track on the record. The second literal track. The song is sick. But I think it displays everything that Slipknot was in this era with the the DJ stuff and the percussion, mm-hmm. uh, Corey's vocals, Joey's insane drums, all those auxiliary percussions. Yeah, I I think it it's it's the best of what Slipknot was at the time, honestly. Yeah, and, and even the guitar with that. <laughs> Yeah, you know you, whatever that riff is, dude. I mean, th- this is like we've talked about on past um, on past records that we talked about, where it's like, what would be your song that you would say like this is a good introduction? And uh, it's this song. This is a great. This is like this is Slipknot of this era. Yeah, I I think so as well. I think it's, I and they knew that because it is the first song on this album. Yeah, right. <laughs> Man, I it's. Yeah, that that awesome yeah. guitar riff that sounds like it shouldn't fit with this vibe, but it does. <laughs> Dude, exactly. All this Joey's insane. It's I can't get enough. Ugh. I I can't say it, it enough. He's crazy. Rest in peace, man. Yeah, man. I, it it's it sucks that he's uh not with us anymore, but He's he's gonna be with the best of them in in drum heaven, yeah, or drum hell, what what whichever he prefers. Uh, yeah, who knows? But I feel like um, you know, he was he he was kind of disrespected by a lot of like metal fans 
when he first came out because they said he was sloppy. But I mean, it's to me, it's just again, it's just uh, he sounds like a human, <laughs> but he's he sounds like a, a maniac. Well, even more than that, he just sounds like an animal. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. He's, he sounds feral. It's, yes, that's feral is the perfect word for it. He sounds like out of control. He sounds like untamed. It's like they it, even if they tried to slow him down, they couldn't hold him. You know? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, and so it, back to sick. I love Corey's vocals as well. Yeah. Like, fuck the shit. I'm sick of it. This is a war. <sighs> The fuck it's, it's this just, shit uh, or like what was it like? I'm already inside you. What is he saying? Like you? Yeah, I'm already inside you. <laughs> Jesus, man. And then he gets his little moment where he just gets to scream one word, which he loves doing. Oh yeah. He's like sick, and he ma- making all these like noises, like a, like you would hear a crazy person, <laughs> n- you know, make. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> just manic dude the whole song is manic yes and it's 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 always gonna be it, it's probably always gonna be my favorite track on the record damn well, well that's a that's a uh, great start for you track number fucking one track number one baby number two technically uh, the my second nug is is rough cause just depending on what mood I'm in. I could see it changing very easily. Right. Like for, uh, I was kind of thinking Eeyore for a little bit, even though this is kind of like a weird last it's a good one, though. song, but it's just like so punk and intense. Yeah. Very thrashy. And like hardcore thrashy. Uh, the bridge to liberate is one of my favorite moments on this record where they're just like hitting the drums and they get in this weird different rhythm than the rest of the song hmm. uh like surfacing i love that chorus but i think today i'm gonna have to go with uh spit it out man it's a classic it's a class i, I mean i'm a person who had never listened to anything from this record until a month ago really Wow. Yeah, you were so five years old when all, this came out? Four? <laughs> what a year to come out? 99? 99. Four? Dude. If it, if it was past July? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was September of 99. That's, wow, that's crazy. You are four when this came out. I mean, yeah, when, when would you have heard this, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it, when I was growing up, Slipknot had gotten into their next era of being on the radio and stuff. And yeah getting grammys and all that uh was your was your dad listening to them oh no is this too much for him he does not listen to this okay because he's a rock guy so you know i was wondering yeah he's a rock guy but the hardest he goes is like uh i don't know uh cream or something no he likes (laughs) lincoln park yeah i guess lincoln park is like the most hardcore he's into they got screams but Lily introduced this album to me and I had never heard any of these songs before. So I didn't have like the, this was the radio hit or this was overplayed or anything. That's crazy. Yeah. And I just, I love the chorus to this one. Spit it out. All you want to do is hand me down. I want to do is wash you out. Yeah. And then there's that, uh, weird part, like right in the middle of the song where it's kind of this weird percussion thing in a, in a filter. Yep. 
and then Joey comes in with with some kind of beat. I don't know what kind of beat it is. I love those wobbles. Whoop 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 whoop. Yeah. Like what is that? It's very trippy. Oh, and then uh, in verse two, uh, the DJ comes in with all his stuff, with all his wiki woos, which I adore. Yeah, he's doing a lot uh, of wiki woos on this one. And I thought it was super cool that he waited till the second verse to come in with those. Uh, it really like brought a lot to that part of the song. And just the way the song starts is super weird. Like, I don't know what, is that a like a filtered bass or something? Like, I have no idea what that noise is. I think it's just a sample that DJ's doing. It almost sounds like a, someone on a talk box. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It could be that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh... Fuck me, I'm all out of enemies. Fuck, Fuck me, I'm all out of enemies. Yeah. <laughs> Such And then he goes into the lines. chorus one last time. Super cool. Yeah, that's, uh, this song is crazy that this was a single, because it's so insane. <laughs> well, you could say that about any song. I would say this is one of the more accessible songs on the album. Oddly enough, right? you're right. Uh, but yeah, I love the 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 kegs they have, yeah. especially near the end. All the auxiliary uh, percussion on this one is awesome. Oh yeah, and and yeah, that's my uh, second second nuggie. Man, I mean, there are a lot of good songs, but I'll disagree with you. That you said there's no bad songs. For me, there were some bad. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Just, song, like, bad for me. Songs I didn't like. Um, well, sure. Tattered and Torn. I didn't like. Uh, yeah. That was a little... I feel like that was one of their more kind of experimental tracks. It was more like an interlude than anything else, I feel like. It was something they were kind of just trying out. Yeah. Um, Liberate, I wasn't a big fan of. No? No. It, I just don't like the rap metal stuff. Like the the ones that are more rap metal on this album, like I just I kind of don't like their brand of rap metal. Sorry, Brett. Okay, I'd rather listen new to metal Biscuit. over here. I don't like it when they rap and the guitars go fast. I don't like it when Corey raps. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I love me a Fred Durst. I love me a Jonathan Davis. I don't like me a a, a, a Corey Taylor rapping. All right. He does things don't a lot you, better than that. Don't like you a Taylor. That's fine. I don't like me a Taylor. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of CMFT. But uh, <laughs> also, like, No Life, just the rapping that he does in it, I don't like. But the bridge I love in No Life. And uh, and I would say, like, I don't know. Scissors, I didn't like. Really? You didn't like Scissors? I thought it was the least the least focused of any song on the record. It's also the longest one. It's like eight and a half <laughs> minutes. It is. It does seem like kind of a, maybe a, a melding of a couple ideas they had. Right. They're like, let's just put this all together. It's. It was the one that was written by jo- uh, Joey. The he wrote the yeah, lyrics. Yeah, I didn't know that anyone else had written lyrics. Me neither. Um, and I don't like the lyrics. Uh, <laughs> well, the the part I like the most of it is at the end. You, it sounds like someone's coughing, but it's actually one of the percussionists puking. <laughs> Oh, is that it? Yeah, because the the band was watching a scat porn video. Why? Because they're Slipknot, and and uh, that's the that's the audio of a dude of one of the guys in the band throwing up from the movie. I mean, uh, I mean, I would too. But it, um. <laughs> it's I thought it was really clever to use it because it sounds like Corey coughing, like choking, um, because of the way that he's screaming at the end of the song. 
are almost kind of crying at the end of the song and then and then they have this yeah this weird audio clip and it sounds like someone's coughing and choking and it's just one of the guys puking from a scat porn yeah and then it ends the i love that the album ends with take that motherfuckers yeah yeah it's like the perfect like and and that was it baby and you just got served yeah like deal with what you just listened to like take that but i i kind of like how uh scattered scissors was and how disjointed it was honestly yeah i mean it's very uh i'm sure there's like a uh 50 50 either you love it or hate it right you know that one's a very weird song i mean despite it being nine minutes you know that's a love or hate thing already <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then a nine minutes that goes a lot of different places the lyrics don't really necessarily work with the cadence that he's singing in sometimes so there are some weird disjointed lines and some lines go longer than i feel like they should sometimes he's trying to squeeze more lyrics into a line because that's what joey wrote you know so i right um but yeah anyway i would say that there's probably four songs that i don't like that i'm just gonna skip that i'm not gonna want to listen to anymore and all the other ones i fucking love yeah i i feel like i'll probably I'll definitely listen to this album all the way through again, but my, my viewings with this album will consist mainly of picking out two or three favorites in the moment that I'm in the mood to hear. Yeah, I think same here. I mean, like you said, this fits such a, a, a specific vibe <laughs> that I'm, I mean, it's going to be hard not to listen to it when I'm in that mood, which I hope is never. To be honest, as much as I enjoy I mean, this music. Yeah, it's not a great mood to be in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, with that said, I, I think my rating for this is going to be a combination of how much I enjoyed the songs that I really did like and how much respect I had for Slipknot in general. And so my rating is going to be a 7.2. Okay. Because I really love a lot of the tracks on here. I dislike a handful but I just know how much influence these guys have had on metal since they came out into the scene and how many people are doing what Slipknot did. Um, hearing how much it's influenced people, I mean, these guys are legends at this point. Yeah. So. Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, yeah, I think that's fair. I was, I'm, I'm going to be in the, I'm probably going to go like 7.6 or 7.5. Okay, I thought you were going to be much higher than me. No, I mean, like, again, I really don't listen to metal too often, but if I'm ever in the mood for it, this will probably be the first album I go to. And there are definitely some songs on here that I'll listen to independently regardless of my mood. Right. Uh, just because of how how cool the songs are. Dude. Uh, Surfacing, I really, you can listen to anytime. Oh, man. It, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm super super i i'm in you know i'm really surprised man because like you said you're not a big metalhead and this for someone who's not a metalhead to like this record is kind of a big deal well i mean i'm not a metalhead but i am a very angry person that likes chaotic music it's true to an extent so it, it kind of fits perfectly in with what i'm with what i'm into like the mars volta i love because of how chaotic it can be at times and weirdly uh, catchy yeah yeah it's it's weird to think that some of these songs are catchy it's just like so counterintuitive but i i really wish 
they would incorporate the DJ more, wiki woos or not. I wish the you're the only one that wishes that. Yeah. Okay. Whatever, dude. It's true. <laughs> I wish the percussionists were more present throughout the album. If they were, I didn't. I it's it's hard to tell because I didn't know if it was really the percussionist playing some toms or drums or something, or Joey playing something. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's, I think a lot of those deep, tribal, punchy drums that we're hearing are all the auxiliary percussions. Right. And Corey's vocals are fantastic. I do wish he kind of used his clean voice more often. Me too, man. Honestly, because 90% of the album was his screaming, and there would be moments when he would kind of go into his clean voice, but not for very long, and... Now we've gotten too much clean voice yeah. on on our newer stuff, and so a, a nice space in between would would be perfect. I, I feel like that's what Subliminal Verses was, but uh, you know, you well, are a you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll give it another chance. All right, I think you should. Okay, I I can't listen to these first two albums for like a month, and then I can listen to Subliminal Verses. Yeah, you gotta like uh, yeah, detox. Yeah, you gotta detox gotta, and then retox. I'm just going to listen to some like smooth jazz or something for the next month. Hollow notes for one month straight. <laughs> Nothing but man eater for a month. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Just, <laughs> it's a man eater. I mean, that's a great song. We should do a hollow notes record. I've, I've never really gotten into them. I'd be down. I'd be down too. Honestly, <laughs> I'd be down to try it out. Uh, but speaking of which, did you have an album that you uh, had ready for next week? Man, I did, um, and now I'm forgetting it. So let me let me look this up. Let me go. Yeah, go ahead and pull it up real let quick. Me reference the list. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Well, that's interesting. Uh, a seven point two and a seven point six. I definitely thought you were going to rate this higher than seven point six. After mean, our conversation, when I'm in the right mood. Yeah, before when I'm in the right mood, it will definitely be a higher score. Okay, because before we talked, I I was like, Brett is going to hate this, <laughs> and then after <laughs> talking to you, I thought, okay, he actually might. He, he's going to give this like a nine. Um, it, it could just be because the front, the drums were front and center. And I've noticed that any bands that have drums at the forefront, I just instinctually like without my consent, <laughs> <laughs> like mute math and Mars Volta and, and maybe not rush. Our bandits. Our like, bandits. Ooh, yeah. baby. Yeah. Well, I think Brett, it's about time we do this. It's about time we talk about this guy. Oh yeah, he is a. Oh, icon. I already know who you're talking He's about. I already know who me. you're talking about. <laughs> he is. You're doing Sturgill Simpson. Ooh, close, very close. Uh, Dang. He is a a fashion icon. He is a food uh, influencer to me. He is a guy that I wish I had all of his tastes, and I wish I had all of his eye for aesthetic. And um, he's my favorite rapper of all time. Ooh. We're talking about right. an Ariana Slani, a.k.a. Action Bronson. Action Bronson? No. Bam Bam Baklava. I don't want to do that. I want to do, do an alternative acid album next. Yeah, well, so I'm, I'm the only one that gets to request. So we're doing, <laughs> <laughs> we're doing White Bronco, specifically the album White Bronco. By a Mr. Action Bronson. Yeah, I uh, I have Mr. Wonderful on my list. I saw that. I'm I'm excited to to talk about that one too. But yeah, man, uh, White Bronco. This is the one that 
really solidified him as my favorite rapper. Um, and really, really excited to talk about him. It's been too long. I mean, this is, he was one of the guys that I was thinking about when we first came up with the idea for this podcast. I mean, the, the, the amount of respect you have for that dude and the amount of time you talk about him and ingest his media, it is kind of crazy that we've gone so many, it's been like nine months yeah that we've been doing this podcast right we gone nine months without even touching an action bronson album. i mean it's kind of crazy you know how much this this dude has influenced me in my life so it's it is crazy yeah. that he has not come up yet so yeah man next episode a white bronco we got we got the the bronco himself we got the the big old tortellini that's right we got what what was do you remember what i called him in our D D campaign uh, you, El Blanco, Bron- El Blanco, Bronco. Yeah, the Blanco Bronco. Was like the guild <laughs> that he belonged to. Yeah, he was my uh, my mortal enemy in D and D, and man, I still think about the moment that that hit me. That you were set, yeah, because I just called him by his weeks. name. Yeah, you had been setting this dude up for weeks in our campaign, and I did not pick up on any of the clues that you were putting out there. And when I finally like, I knew Blanco Bronco for two three weeks before you said his name and dude yeah that like made me <laughs> so happy like i genuinely felt like special at that moment and it was the it was one of the moments that i was just like brett fucking knows me <laughs> uh, this dude knows me and like i was just like we just became best friends well because you you were like yeah my character uh my character's wife was killed by someone and and you basically like gave me the reins to figure out who it was, and so I'm like, well, I'm gonna make Action Bronson like a mafia boss, yeah, you know, and he's gonna run like a spaghetti shop or something, so and perfect. y'all are gonna have to infiltrate it. So perfect. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, man. So Action Bronson is coming up next. Uh, Brett, what would you uh, what would you rate this episode? You know what? I'm gonna rate this episode in the high seven point sixes. I'm going to, yeah, I think I'm right there. I think I'm going to do a 7.666. Oh, one of those again. One of, huh? one of those. I mean, we got we got an open um, scoring system, free for all. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the, the shock value of the .666 has kind of lost its touch. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Lucas, loyal loyal till you drop. That's right. I, I ride jokes until they die. Yes. And on that most note, people would yeah. <laughs> most people would just give up when people stop laughing. I don't. And on that note, <laughs> thanks for listening, buddies. Uh, you can catch us uh, every Friday. We're going to continue doing these live streams as long as we can figure it out and get them going. Uh, last week, you know, obviously this is completely out of chronological chronological order, but we we recently listened to <laughs> Little Sims, her new record, really cool. We listened to Turnstile's new record, also very cool. Um, this Friday, we don't know what we're going to be talking about, but catch us every Friday at 7 p.m. Central on twitch.tv slash earbudspodcast. Uh, you can catch us, uh, you can see our Instagram at uh, EBPcast. Me and Brett are on Instagram at, uh, at Brett Hanrahan and at Jean Luc Guitard, spelled in the weirdest possible ways. Um, and don't even, don't even try. Don't even try it, really, honestly. And yeah, thank you so much for listening, Brett. This was good. This was good. Lucas. Oh, yeah, this was good.
And a three, and a two, and a one.